Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. So today we're in Matthew 5 and I want to thank you for your prayers and concern regarding uh, the hurricane. We had, uh, we actually didn't lose power. We we lost it and got it back and so got it back quickly. Um, actually through the hurricane had power the whole time. So it was, it was very good. Have damage but you know, nothing like other people. So very fortunate and blessed. Before we go into the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, let's go to uh, God in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for all you've done, for keeping us safe and for bringing us together once again. I just lift up this time. I lift up you, and I thank you for caring about me. I thank you for my friends, for my family, and I thank you for your salvation and your mercy and your grace. I just pray that today I would bring you honor and glory. You'd help me through the things that I struggle with. And I thank you for the timing of the Beatitudes and your message on the Mount from the Sermon on the Mount. It's timely. And I'm grateful for for um, the various for Tozer and the writings and the insights he has. So I pray, Father, today that my heart and my mind would be prepared to hear your word. Holy Spirit, prepare me. Get my spirit in the right place so that I hear your message, your word, your guidance, and your wisdom, and that it could be applied to my heart. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So one of the things I keep finding as I read every day, as I read and have been going through this on a daily basis, you know, sometimes I sit there and think, wow, maybe the Bible is just a little bit outdated and all that good stuff. And then right when I'm struggling with something, Generally, me being a jerk or me being opinionated, me being mean, mad, whatever it might be, all of a sudden, the verses come in and they're perfect for where I'm at. And this has happened with the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes because I need to remember these very, very much. So chapter 5, verse 1. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, when I go through those and I try to say which ones are me that I have a strength in or that would describe me, I get pretty depressed. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I'm, maybe I'm poor in spirit, but I don't think so. I'm not mourning, although at times I'm sad. I'm definitely not meek. I do hunger for, I do want, let me rephrase it, righteous or to be righteous. But I don't think I hunger and thirst for it. I certainly don't think I'm very merciful. My heart is far from pure. So I just go through this and I'm like, and I'm not a peacemaker. So then what the heck? 
How am I such a failure? And what I have to remember is, this is not me performing for God so that he likes me. This is me loving God so that I can demonstrate that love because he's my father. Just as my children can never lose my love for them, I can't lose God's love. So it's me striving to be more like him. For those of you who have children, when your kids want to be like you, they want to grow up and be like you, they, or you see their, your behaviors in them because they're emulating them or emulating you, that's the same thing as what I'm trying to do here. I know I fail, but maybe someday I'll be a little bit more meek. I'll be a little bit more pure in heart. Or I'll be more merciful. So let's go back to chapter or verse 11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who has sets aside one of these, the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard, it's, heard that it, is, it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to, to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or your sister is something against you, leave your gift there in, the, in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your, adversaries who, your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way. Or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Verse 27 on adultery. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better that you lose for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. 
It is. It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, makes her the victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you not, cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. You have heard, heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them, the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Love for your enemies. Verse 43. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? Remember, this is Matthew writing that, right? He was a tax collector. And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So, you know, it's interesting. Love for your enemies. You know, love your, your, your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Think about our world today. I don't think there's too many people praying for the other party. I'm very active and see people on Twitter right now since the election. I can almost guarantee you very few people are praying for the Democrats if they're Republicans and the Republicans if they're Democrats. I don't think there's a lot of forgiveness. And that's why really as I go about my days right now, there's a lot there that this is perfect. It's a great reminder that I need to be poor in spirit. I need to mourn for others. I need to be meek. And I need to have a hunger and thirst for righteousness that's much greater than it is. But I was reading A.W. Tozer, and of course now Spurgeon and Tozer have tons of things to write. But right here I'm just going to cover from Tozer real quick. He writes in Matthew 22, which says, But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is unanswerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. And Tozer writes, What our Lord is saying here is not that a man will be punished with hellfire for calling another a fool, but, but that a man who can say, you fool, to a fellow man is, reveling, or is revealing a state of heart which will fit him for hell in the end. Not the relatively slight offense of calling a brother a fool, but the serious sin of feeling contempt endangers a man's future. The gravity of the situation lies not in the fact that a man can cry fool, but that he can entertain in his heart the contempt which the word expresses. Contempt for a human being is an affront to God, almost as grave as idolatry. For while 
Idolatry is disrespect for God himself. Contempt is disrespect for the being he made in his own image. Contempt says of a man, Raka, this fellow is not worth, is, is of no worth. I attach to this person no value whatsoever. The man guilty of thus appraising a human being is thoroughly bad. So Tozer's pointing out it's our heart. It's not the actual action. And when you look at the, what Jesus says throughout this entire reading, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are the peacemakers. These are all things about your heart. Salt and light. Once you lose your saltiness, how can salt become salty again? Fulfilling the law, it's murder, adultery, all of that is your heart. And that's what we've seen throughout this entire adventure and journey is that God cares about our heart more than our physical being, our physical well-being, and our actions. Our, our heart is what's important. I can do things that look great, but where's my heart? If I'm giving money to the poor, am I doing it because I want people to see me and I can go and say, hey, I always have you know five bucks there and I give it to this, these people on the corners. And I tell people about it, well, then that's not the right heart. So what is up with our hearts? And that's why this is so timely. And this is why God is so awesome. And this is why the Bible truly is the word of God. At a time when we should be praying for our, our fellow Americans, we're saying raka. So with that, I'm just going to close this with prayer. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for loving us. And thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, I just pray that this would be an impression upon my heart and my mind. That I would think about it each and every day and all day. And that you would be the one that I live for. I pray that today I would bring you glory and honor. And I'd make you proud. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.